This is Trash Talk with your host, Garrett the Trash Man. All right, what is up, everybody? I'm Garrett the Trash Man. You're listening to Trash Talk. What's up, John? Oh, not much. Just another day in paradise. You ready to do this? Oh, let's do her to her. All right, so we're going to flip the script because we've been doing this over a year, so we're going to start playing with a little bit different formats. And right now, we're just going to freaking dive right into the podcast topic. Which get after it. Just getting right after it, hitting the ground running, which today we're going to talk about having hard conversations and how we prep for them or what we do to be ready to have those hard conversations. Um, Because in business or life, I think those come up a lot. Um, Have you ever fired someone? Yes. All right. Have you ever corrected someone? Many times. Have you ever had a discussion that you have feared hasn't been too pleasant with your wife (laughs) that you need to get something addressed. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think everybody, whether you're a business owner, how about have you ever had to have a discussion with a boss that you were afraid to go have? Yes. Yeah. So I've all had all those conversations too. How about had a conversation with a person that you had a bunch of different domains with this person, meaning maybe you had to have a business conversation with a good friend that might not be a super easy conversation to have. Yes. Yeah. Not a ton of them, but uh, yes, yeah. I, I can give the big yes on that one. So like in life, like there's conversations that um, I'm going to say quote unquote can be like dicey conversations or, or uh, I, someone one time told me edgy conversations mm-hmm. um, and me being in a family business, like these edgy conversations can come up pretty often i've had friends um working for me i feel like everyone that i work with is is a friend like at, at a certain level so correction and certain things can feel really edgy um especially pre going into them and so as i thought of this topic i'm like i think this is everywhere in everyone's life yeah you know we've all probably had that sinking feeling where it's like i've got to have this conversation maybe we're putting it off waiting for the right time oh yeah or uh anything like that. So I'll lob it over to you to start us off. Like thinking back and I haven't given you much time. So this is kind of off the cuff. What do you do when you know a conversation like, like of this now, let's use that edgy conversation, um, you know, way of describing it. What do you do when you know an edgy conversation, um, needs to be had? How's that occur for you? Um, in my experience, I would say I try to just get it over with. I try not to beat around the bush. I have beat around the bush more than once. You're a rip off the Band-Aid type? Yeah, I'd prefer to just, hey, get in here. Let's do this Mm -hmm. and get her done because the more I think about it, the worse it typically goes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So so first off, I feel like in my experience of what I've I've been through is absolutely, let's let's just get her done. Let's get straight to the point. and 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 so that's the first aspect and then two is um you're never going to come to the correct resolution being um antagonistic yeah so so i always try to come into it um prefacing it like hey listen like let's let's come to a good understanding here let's hopefully live leave this with a win-win situation um and and that we're on the same page. It doesn't mean um, we we love the, the the result of this conversation, but at least we're on the right page, the same page. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and and so those are the things I typically go into. It's just let's just get it done. Try not to be antagonistic, um, and 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 go about it that way. But just say, hey, listen, let's communicate correctly. Um, you know, and be as direct as we can without being antagonistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, so, those are probably the first. So how do you be direct? So say say someone's like had an issue, like they're they're not performing um, how they ought to perform. How do you be direct without being anti- antagonistic? I typically try and first show understanding to them, but then show them the situation from a third person point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, I typically say someone you know did something in their job that they shouldn't have. And they did it, you know, um, incorrectly, and it's in a way that really needs to be fixed. Tell them, listen, you know, this is what you did. Okay, let's not look at it from my perspective. Let's not look at it from your perspective. Let's look at it from either the client's or third-person point of view, and and realize and come to understanding that guess what? You screwed the pooch. Yeah. You know, everyone screws the pooch. It's okay. We all make mistakes. But here's the issue. And then once they can kind of realize and say, okay, yeah, I did screw the pooch, then we can come to an understanding of, okay, we're on the same page that, you know, this is this is what wh- – there is something wrong here. Yeah. Now how are we going to fix it? You're in agreement that, yeah. yeah, something happened how you wouldn't have it happen. Excuse me. Oh, sorry. Cold's been going around my family. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't hit me hard. hit the rest of the family hard. But oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I like, I like what you're saying there. Um because if you can take a person and try to pull them out of it in a way where they're not so tied up in the emotions, you've got a lot better chance of them not being spun up. And once they're spun up, you don't have access to them. They're not going to be yeah. be listening to what you say um, at all. Yeah. I don't think. Now, I've also had hard conversations with someone that I have much more emotional ties to, mm-hmm. whether that's a family member or a very dear friend or someone I'm very close with. And in those instances, um, I am just – I try to be uber blunt. Yeah. Of just, hey, this 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 is what I have seen, I have experienced, and, and just be super blunt so that it's out in the open. Yeah, and I've got a couple things to say to, to that because I agree completely. Um, I have had um, – need to have like, like – conversation with someone to really terminate them actually and in the past I've let on and not being blunt like you said and so they come into the offense like hey how are you doing I'm doing good how are you oh yeah this yada yada and uh then it's like oh uh and then beating around the bush and getting to it and it's such a painful process where it's so much better where if I'm bringing someone in to let them go I'm not there's none of that it's like hey come in we need to have a conversation how are you? Fine. We need to let's let's get into this. We need to have a discussion. I don't let us wander off into the pleasantries of acting like there's nothing and then whap them with the blind side. In my experience, that is so much worse. Oh, yeah. Then um, and, and what happens for me, which this is all going to tie back in, is I if I'm not being awake to it, my desire will be to that they leave happy somehow. And not just being like, all right, like I'm committed to this outcome and they may not be happy in the moment. And in the past, I've tried to let someone go and like us be friends at the end. 
And yeah. it's like, that's a possibility, but it's not going to come from like pandering to them or beating around the bush, or it may, may be something that takes time. Um, so anyway, what I wanted to dive into a little bit is I think of the things I'm committed to in my life, which top is, is myself. Second is that my wife lives a happy and fulfilled life. Third is that I have deep and meaningful relationships um, with my children. Fourth is that I have deep and meaningful relationships in all aspects of my life. And fifth is that I built wealth. And so when I look at that fourth one, I found that it's present when I've got to have those hard conversations. And something a coach told me once that has stuck with me and served me so well is he asked me like the aspects of a deep and meaningful relationship. And there was respect, love, um, different aspects that we talked about. Mm-hmm. And nowhere in there was there, that person likes me. <laughs> like, like it really yeah. wasn't. Like, a person can actually not like me, and we can have a deep and meaningful relationship. Mm. And coming to that conclusion, I was actually working with this coach when I needed to let someone go. And as we discussed it, I was like, holy cow, I like I can have someone not like me. And generally, they come back around to, to do like me, but they won't if we won't have a deep and meaningful relationship if it's fake, if it's based on something that's fake and it's out of alignment with me. Oh, I like that. And it was so and, and in a, a particular situation that I'm thinking about, the relationship was maintained and intact because I was able to go about it in that way Mm -hmm. and so when I sat to have the conversation and this is kind of what I wanted to get to I don't know how many points there are going to be here but I'll I'll take a real epistemological approach of like here's the steps to do it that I've found useful for me is first slow myself down to look at everything I'm committed to in um, what I want to produce with with the conversation that I want to have So if it's an employee that's got to be corrected, like I'm not just looking at the outcome that uh, I need to have for the business. Yes, I'm committed to the business. I'm committed to it doing well. um, And that doesn't serve it. So that that behavior needs to be corrected. And in that same time, I can recognize that I want that person to also be honored in the work that they do, the effort that they put forward, Um, that they feel heard with the decision that they made, um, that they feel like they're understood and why they took those actions. And when I slow myself down and consider the whole thing, not just the one section of like the business has got to be fixed, I can go into that conversation. And you alluded to to this when you were talking, and I can speak to that. Mm -hmm. So, So the first one, like I said, I'll take an epistemological approach and lay it out in steps. The first step, of slowing myself down and considering everything that's there as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And then the second is to start that conversation speaking to that. Yeah. Like, Hey Bob, I like, I want to have a conversation with you about your performance in the business. Can we set that up? And we sit down and it's like, all right, Bob, like I want to have a conversation about some performance that I've been seeing. And in this conversation, I want to, um, be sure that you are heard. You have the experience that I understand um, why you make certain decisions. I want you to have the experience that you 
um, work for someone that honors the work you put in and the sacrifice it takes to come in every day and do your job day in, day out. And I want to make sure that the business is absolutely served, that the right people are in the right seats, that the right decisions are being made, and that we do the best thing we possibly can for the business and the customers. Mm. And I, I've, I've just done so extremes of, <laughs> of hard conversations yeah. that um, it's incredible what can be produced out of a conversation when you first slow yourself down and then bring and then create with your language by, by putting it out there with mm-hmm. that person. And then the third step that I would say in that is as you're going through the conversation, check in, stop the conversation and check in on those things that you spoke to that you're committed to. Mm-hmm. Um, that, man, I've, I found that so useful, whether it's with my wife or um, employees or whatever it is, um, bosses to go, OK, like we're in the middle of this and I want to pause real quick and and like see how this is going for you over there like do you feel like i'm un- are you having the experience that i'm understanding mm-hmm. why you make that decision yeah. mm-hmm. and that's been so instructive to me at times sometimes they're like yeah absolutely like i feel like you see what i'm seeing here and now i can see what you're seeing there and other times it's been like no you're not listening to me yeah and it's like okay great i i want to listen to you Tell me more. Let me ask more questions. Let me understand more. Well, just just a side note, right there, real quick. The interesting, the thing that I've seen in, in having tough conversations with with anybody really is if you can bring that clarity into the conversation. A lot of times, people before you even actually have to talk to them about whatever it is that needs to be remedied or or or, or bring to, to to forefront the issue. Once the clarity is there, they already know it. Like yeah. that, you you have to tell me you, it's already said before it's said. Yeah, yeah. And, and the clarity goes, and it's like a light bulb moment for people, and they go, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Well, and a lot of times, if you're ending up in some of those dicey situations, it's work wasn't done properly in the first place. Mm-hmm. If you've got agreements set up in the way that they ought to be set up, and you're holding people accountable, and you're keeping your side of the agreement of this is what happens if you don't keep your side, like. There's no surprise conversations, um, but we know life is there's a, there's a lot. It's hard to cover everything, and so at times you land in those. Yeah, and uh, you know I think we've said it before, um, or I have many times. I'll I'll be in a conversation, and realize I just wasn't clear enough on my agreement. Like yeah. that person was doing what they thought was exactly what needed to be done, keeping the agreement perfectly, and I I'm instructed on how to be more clear. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so going back to the conversations, though, both when I've executed it well and when I've executed it horribly, um, there's a book. I think I think the book is called Tractions or Traction or it might be uh, Scaling Up, one of the two books. Um, both of them are uh, books that talk about business systems. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in one of them, it, it may be both, too. I don't know. It talks about, I want to say they called it the 42 or maybe it was the 72 hours of pain. Mm-hmm. And it talks about how with those hard conversations, whether it's letting someone go, adjusting a role or in the business aspect or if it's at home, having a conversation that's tough. 
no matter how tough the conversation is, the max amount of pain after having the conversation is like 48 hours. Yeah. And then it's cleared up and cleaned up and you're better off. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've put myself through weeks of pain not having the conversation that needs to be had. and I've done months. Yeah. Fake conversations Shins. in my head oh. where I can't sleep and I'm having fake conversations. Oh, it's the pits. Oh, anytime that happens, anytime I realize I'm up at 2 o'clock at night having fake conversations in my head, <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, it's time to go have some conversations. Yep, yep. So, um, yeah, like we've, we've talked to Ak about action so many times. And, man, the whole timing thing and waiting and uh, such uh, an illusion. Well, like, and the reason that was, like, one of the first things I said about it of is just cut to the chase and get to it is because I have drug it out <laughs> forever. And, and and it's just painful. It So much unnecessary anxiety and stress and worry of when am I going to do this when finally it's just like – Let's just get it done. Just, just, just bite the bullet, rip the Band-Aid off, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, well, and any time I think about any time anyone's given me instruction or got to have a conversation with me, like, I want to know as soon as possible if correction needs to be made or if a hard conversation needs to be had. I wouldn't want it to be drug out. I've also been in conversations where someone's beating around the bush. And I'm like, dude, like, you don't think I can handle it? Tell me what you got to tell me and let's, let's have a conversation. Yeah. And so it's so funny when I, uh, when you sit on that side, you'd so much rather have it that way. <laughs> yeah. When you're on the other side, you think you're going to some way be able to like <laughs> dance around it where yeah. it's like no one ever feels bad or anything. Yeah, they're, they're going to come in at the perfect time of day, sit down and, and say to you, oh, I feel like you need to talk to me about something important. That's exactly. what you tell yourself in your oh, head. Oh, yeah. And then you're like. Yeah, I'm an idiot for thinking that. Yeah. That's not going to happen. It's not how life works. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, to kind of just wrap it up, like I would say, don't wait for perfect timing. When you see it, act on it. That being said, slow yourself down. Consider everything that you want to have in the conversation. Speak to it to begin the conversation. Mm-hmm. Check in on it during the conversation and make sure that you hit what you are committed to when uh, – when you're done with the conversation. I couldn't agree more. And if it does cause pain, like I said, it'll be 48, 72 hours of pain. And if you're, if your intention is to have a relationship, even if they leave fighting mad, that relationship has a much better chance of being meaningful than if it was built on inauthenticity and um, was out of alignment for either party. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with that. Boom. All right, dude. So we're trying this new not this new format. So if we're done with uh, the the topic of the podcast, mm-hmm. let's rant real quick, dude. Oh, dude, let's do it too. Who 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 goes first? Uh, flip a coin, Tyler. Who goes for first? Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, so I got my rant today is on a book I'm in the middle of, and it's an old book. It is called "The Greatest Salesman in the World" by Og Mandino. Og. And um, it's really it's a really interesting book. Um, it's very similar to um, it, it, it's kind of got a little bit of the richest man in Babylon vibe to it. Nice. Um, but uh, there was I was reading last night and it, it really kind of just jumped out and uh, and and kind of spoke to me of a concept. So basically, 
uh, to kind of preface a little bit, he's reading and learning uh, some principles in this part of the book. The main character is, and um, basically what they're what, what they're trying to get across to us is that um, that he's he's talking about experiences and become and, and the goal of the book is is to help this guy become the greatest salesman in the world. And it's it, the the time frame it's set is back in. Um, in, in like the biblical times. Mm-hmm. And so, and it talks about, he, so it starts talking about experience in life and gaining experience. And it talks about how um, experience is a great teacher, um, but to not rely upon re- experience because experience is like a uh, fashion. It may work tomorrow, but Love tomorrow. what you're saying. But tomorrow it'll be outdated. Mm-hmm. And that, yes, you can learn from your experience, but not to rely upon it, but to govern your life by principles. Which, yes, I had, I agree with that wholeheartedly, but the way it was communicated in that sense was like, whoa, like light bulb moment for me. And, uh, and it was really interesting. He goes on to talk about how, um, you know, experience, gaining experience is having successes and failures well guess what and, and and he says this also of you know you can go into a room of a thousand men and no two men are going to explain success the same way mm-hmm. but they're all going to explain failure the exact same way hmm. that's interesting and, and 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 so that's why he says yes learn from your experience experience is good but govern your life by principles that are tried and true and have bringing, been bringing people their own success for thousands of years. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, that was deep. Like, man, that, that really struck me of just like, which I've, I, I've agreed with this for a long time of live your life by, like, decide the principles you want to live your life by. With, and I'm not saying what principles are good and bad. Just agree upon your own principles. Mm-hmm. And live by them. I love it, dude. And so that, yeah, that's my rant. But yeah, it's it's a good book. I'm not done with it. But yeah, it's uh, Og Mandino, and it's the greatest salesman in the world. Gonna have to give her a listen. Yeah, it's it's a good one. All right, sweet dude. Well, I'm gonna be quick because I got I gotta go home. I gotta get a shower. If you're watching the video, watch the video dude, so you oh, can check out my sweet oh, running dude. shorts. <laughs> yes, I love the shorts. <laughs> They're great. I was, I was I was hoping we'd get to the shorts real quick. <laughs> but but I gotta go shower, so I'm gonna be quick on this. Um, because I just want to talk real quick about judgment. I've been looking at judgment, trying to root it out in my life. Because something that happens, you're not going to outrun judgment. <laughs> it happens unconsciously, but you can you can make a decision with how you interact with it. And uh, so I've been consciously working on when I feel when I see judgment enter into my life, into my thoughts, looking at it instead of passing judgment, looking at it with a question mark. Going, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting that that person made that decision? I wonder what led him to make that decision. And what it's produced is a lot of empathy and um, made the judgment really melt away. You know, whether it's from a moral standpoint or a, like intellectual standpoint, like whatever it is, um, seeing it and doing that. Because in the digital world where we get access to so many people's lives or what they put out, hold themselves out to be in their mm-hmm. lives the perception they put yeah out. there's so much opportunity i don't know if it's more than 
than uh, there used to be, but there's just there is now. That's all I know because it's all the world I've lived in. Mm-hmm. Um, is it's just I know there's so much opportunity to judge others, and like I said, I wouldn't want to judge myself for judging others because I don't. It happens unconsciously, it just automatically happens, and so I just want to encourage you guys because it's been a useful practice for me. Replace that judgment with curiosity. Wonder mm-hmm. why. That's that's so interesting that that person would do that. Wonder why they would do X, Y, and Z. Wow. And and like you can learn so much from people and it makes you love people and have empathy for them. And it's just more fulfilling to live life that way instead of, oh my gosh, freaking look at them. What an idiot or what a ho, what a whatever it is where mm-hmm. the judgment just gets passed. Get rid of that. Replace it with curiosity. So that's what I got it. for today. I love it. I love All right. It, love it. Real quick so we can get it under the. The 30 minutes so Tyler doesn't have to end the recording. Larson Waste, <laughs> thank you for sponsoring this podcast. Um, hit them up. We're up to big things. Working our faces off for you. Catching our breath a little bit, to be honest with you. But we're gearing up for springtime. It's going to be big. Um, so, yeah. Larson Waste, thank you for sponsoring this podcast. Please share the podcast. Get the trash man. One R, two T's across all the platforms. All of them. That's all I got to say, John. Peace out, guys. Peace!